Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I want to talk from the top of this first week, uh, this topic, this is it. I want you to turn to someone and say, this is it. This is all I got. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, bless your word. Take me out of myself and put me into your, your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I never desire anybody to leave here talking about me, but talking about how great you are. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Someone say it again. This is it. This is it. Um, so I want to go ahead and give you my points as I get started um, so that you'll know where I'm going. Uh, I want to talk about four areas. I want to talk about limitation, leverage, loyalty, and lordship. One more time. I want to talk about limitation, leverage, um, loyalty, and lordship. So you have my points. So if you want to go ahead and go home and log off, you got my points. That's the four things that I want to cover today. When I was growing up, my uh, parents... Um, would often, um, we live, live in a different generation now, but at that time, whatever uh, my parents would cook, you had to eat it. Um, we have an option generation now, but when I was growing up, um, you know, now people ask their children, you want that? Oh, you don't want that? What you want me to cook you? Oh, no, <laughs> mama didn't play that. I, I never, I never had that type of discussion or relationship with my parents. And I would get off the bus sometimes and I would go into the house. And when I got into the house, um, I would come in and I would smell that they were cooking uh, neck bones or I would smell that they were cooking uh, chicken and dumplings or I would smell whatever it is that they were doing based on the aroma that had filled the house. And oftentimes I was a selective eater, so I didn't eat things like that. I didn't like neck bones. I don't eat chitlins. Do not take my black card, but I didn't eat those things. I didn't, I didn't eat uh, chicken and dumplings. I don't like it to this day. Don't try it. I just don't like it. Um, I didn't eat potato salad. I don't like it. Don't try it. Don't. So it's so funny when people come to me and they say, but you hadn't tried mine. I'm not going to. I don't like it. 41 years. I ain't tried it. Still not trying it. Don't like it. Um, but I just, certain things I didn't like. And my mother or my parent, my dad, whoever was cooking at that time, uh, they would respond and they would say, either you eat what I cooked or you find yourself something to eat. Now, usually find yourself something meant bologna. Um, hot dog. It, it wasn't a full course meal. Oh, no, don't ever think that. It was peanut butter and jelly or whatever. Uh, that, those are things I know some of y'all have never been raised in that type of environment. So you don't know options that don't look. Um, pleasurable options that don't seem satisfying, but but those were the options. You get you some bologna, you fry it, you cut a slit in it, and make sure it bubbles up. Um, and then it's it's, it's it's burn around the edges. Y'all don't know anything about bologna because I know y'all are a bourgeois generation, so y'all have never had anything like that. Y'all y'all have always had filet mignon, but for me, um, we grew up with pasteurized milk and those types of things. But y'all y'all never experienced anything like that. So, but anyhow, so my mom with my parents, or either one of them would say, if you don't like what I cook. Uh, then you make that. Those are your options because this is it. There is not going to be anything else. This is it. And when we come to this particular text with that in mind, 
Jesus had just heard word. When we pick up in this episode, Jesus had just gotten word that his cousin John had been beheaded. Those of you who might not know who John is, John was the one who was the forerunner. He was the one that was crying in the wilderness and say, hear ye the word of the Lord, repent. Uh, he says, there's one coming who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not able to, to tie up. And he would talk about this forerunner who's coming and you need to repent for the time has come. That was John. He ate wild locusts and honey. That was John. And the people did not like John because John was not a go along to get along preacher. John was not not a passive preacher. John was not a political preacher. John was not one who preached what was trending. John was not one who preached what was popular. John was one who preached righteousness, holiness, thereby which no man can see the Lord. John was one of those type of preachers that when you saw him, you didn't necessarily want to hear that message. Now we have people who preach for popularity and people who preach for likes and people who preach for status, but that's not how John was. John said, I'm not he but there's one who's coming and I want to make sure I prepare the way for him John was that person and because he was that person people did not like him preferably the the political systems of that time did not like John because John called out stuff for what it was John did not call sin other things he called it exactly what it was John was never impressed by status John was impressed by the savior John was not impressed by crowds John was impressed by results so everywhere John went he would say you brood of vipers he, he was he just he was just like that he didn't care he didn't care if you liked him or not he knew he had an assignment that was greater than you whether you liked him whether you followed him whether you were his friend he said I was not born for friends I was born to preach the gospel. I was born to prepare the way. I've got an assignment. Somebody holler out in the room. I got an assignment. And sometimes your assignment will ostracize you. Sometimes your assignment will cause people not to like you. Sometimes your assignment will cause people to look at you and say you're weird. And you've got to get to the point in your life where you say call me what you want but you gonna watch me do what I've been assigned to do. Look at me the way you want but you gonna watch me be what God called me to be. Leave me if you want but you gonna watch me grow and to the things of God don't you ever look over me because of what I look like right now because what's in me is greater than what you see you might say what you want tweet what you want but I'm gonna do the will of God somebody say I'm gonna do the thing that's what John's assignment was so everywhere he went they knew he was coming so they killed John if you hadn't been talked about recently, maybe you're not doing what God wants you to do. Nobody's said anything negative about you recently. Maybe it's because you're on the devil's side and not God's side. Because my Bible tells me if they don't like you, they didn't like me first. <laughs> don't have nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what you carry. And we have a generation now that has to be liked. And if you're not liked, you feel lonely and suicidal. You couldn't have been born in Jesus' time because everywhere Jesus went, if he wasn't healing, they didn't like him. If he wasn't doing something great for them, they didn't like him. Sometimes you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and say, whether you like me or you don't, I've got an assignment on my life. That was John. They killed him because he was disturbing the peace. Everybody likes Martin Luther King after he died, but they didn't like him while he was here. 
Some people will celebrate you after your death because they're the ones who killed you. Because they didn't understand what you were doing until you left them. Have you ever looked back on some of the people that you looked over and realized if you would have knew they were greater for you than what you looked at? You now want to go back and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what you were. But they went on without you and said, you didn't appreciate me. And another man's trash is another person's treasure. Don't wait for people to appreciate you. Start your own party. Invite yourself. When somebody says, who's on your guest list? Say three people. And they say, me, myself, and I. And we have a good time every time we get together. Somebody say, I love myself. Let me get back to it. So some of y'all, I'll make sure I get to the Bible. The Bible says that. They killed him because he was disturbing stuff. He got to Jesus. Word got to Jesus that John, I feel like preaching. Excuse me. John the Baptist. Don't y'all ever get caught up in, don't think it's a jacket. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm preaching all things. Thank you, Jesus. I know it looks good. I'm just playing. It's all my son. All right, moving on. I'm back. Come back. So, Jesus. I'm humoring. Jesus got wind that John the Baptist had died, not just died, but had been murdered, had been killed, hadn't been beheaded. Um, it's one thing to die, but it's another thing to be killed for doing what's right. He didn't do anything but what he was assigned to do and called of God. Do you know you can be killed and be in an assignment of God? I'm not talking about murdered. Yes, there are martyrs, and yes, there are people who are, are out there um, that, that, are, that are missionaries, and they, they are doing things that many of us would never do, and going to the countries and Palestinian places and areas that we would be afraid to go. But sometimes uh, there will be people who will destroy you and try to destroy your character just because they don't want to change. It happens. That's what John, the, and it says, not only did they, they kill him, behead him, they put his head on a platter. And delivered it to the, to, to the, the leader of that time so that they could celebrate it. Jesus got wind of this and got word of this. And it says that when Jesus heard this word, it says that he went to a solitary place to go pray. Sometimes grief will put you to the place that you got to get away from people. Grief, even Jesus grieved. For some of y'all who are always walking around like you so hard, don't nothing ever bother you. Even Jesus unplugged for a minute because what happened to his cousin disturbed him. It bothered him. Let's practice right now and just turn to someone around you, even with your mask on, and say, some things bother me. Just tell them. Yeah, we don't want to say that. So you, we always want to talk about, how you doing, blessed? I'm highly favored. Oh, he's wonderful. We want to lie. And you, your lie kills you. Sometimes you just need to respond and say, I'm not having a good day. Today I'm bothered. I'm going, I know trouble don't last all way, but right now trouble feels like it's staying a while. I heard uh, Vashtar McKenzie say, uh, she said, Bishop Vashtar McKenzie, she said that trouble doesn't last all ways, but sometimes trauma stays a while. Wow. 
Sometimes trauma will cause you to get away from people just so you can get yourself together. But in this particular text, it says that while he was away, his mission followed him because the people found out where he was. Have you ever not wanted to be called? I know y'all don't want to tell the truth. Have you ever just, I mean, this is probably going to clear the room out because I know y'all have never felt like this. Sorry, Reverend Newby, but have you ever just not wanted to be saved for a moment? Where you just wanted to go slip into Barbados and have a good time and hope that nobody knows where you are. You out there living your best life. Out there drinking your best drink, non-Jesus juice. Out there having a good time, and then somebody says, God's got a word for you. No, I don't know. Over here, he don't. <laughs> I'm over here trying to check out. I ain't trying to check in. And you're sitting there just like, dang it. I can't even do what I wanted to do. His mission followed him. To the point that they went, gee, the, the mission followed him where they found out where he was because people who want stuff don't care about what you're going through. Preaching better than y'all looking. People who always need something don't care anything about your bad day. <laughs> People who have needs and wants and desires don't care if you're broke, they still ask you for money. Jesus was in a solitary place. I hope this helped me. I'm trying to make the word make sense. Jesus was in a solitary place, and it says, and while he was there, his mission followed him. The people came, and this is how Jesus responded. Jesus, even though he was grieving, responded to the mission and to the crowd because where there was people, that meant it was his mission. He responded to them with compassion. And it says, and he healed everyone. What happens when you need your own healing, but you are called to heal somebody else? What happens when you're grieving yourself, but you got to talk somebody else through their own grieving? What happens when you have loss on your own, but somebody calls you to process what loss they're experiencing and you have to put your own stuff on pause to help somebody else? Is there anybody in the room here who's ever had to put your stuff on pause because somebody's need seemed to be greater than what you were going through? That was the situation. Jesus responded in compassion, not irritation. Some of you love titles, but not people. And situations will reveal which one you are. A lover of people or a lover of status. Because if you are a lover of people, you will be tested in the love that you have for people. And you will be tempted to be able to dismiss them, but your call will help you help them. Jesus... Uh, trying to get to my text. Jesus responded with compassion and he healed everyone who was sick. Then it got late in the evening. Because, I mean, Jesus had been ministering for a while. Jesus didn't do an hour and a half service. No, Jesus, he went on for a while. Yeah. Y'all yeah, don't know that type of church. He went on. Like, you know, PJ was singing earlier. They were, worship team was singing earlier. Um, you know, uh, Blessed Said Wonderful Name. Is that what song y'all singing? You know, all the songs sound the same. You know, and they were just singing that whatever. And they sang probably for like, because he's about... 
10 minutes. You know, see, that's not sanctified church. That was a little, that was like a, a preview. That was testimony service. They, like that was the song they sang before somebody else's testimony. And then you pick it up after the next testimony. And then somebody else testifies and they pick it back up. And that can go on for like 45, 50 minutes. And it sounds like the same song. It's the same riff. I don't know what you come do. I don't know what to Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. What do you know about Jesus? I mean, it just keeps going on. Keeps going on. Then somebody said, first give it on to God. He has my life. Son, Jesus Christ is precious gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank God that I do speak in tongues with the Spirit of God gives utterance. I want to thank God for the pastor, the saints, the friends, and the loved ones. I want to thank God for being in my right mind. He could have let me testimony service and then they pick back up what do you know about jesus he's a, and they would just keep going and that's boring to some people but there was power there was power in the terry uh, some of y'all don't know what the terry is terry means wait a minute like we weren't in such a rush to get out of there we, we might not have had a lot of money we might not have looked great if you look back on some of our polaroid pictures some of y'all don't know what polaroid is but you look back at those things that had to had to go into the dark room and you had to wait on them to develop and you had to go to walmart to get them on an hour or all that type of stuff if you look back on those pictures we didn't look like a lot but we sure did have a lot <laughs> we might not have looked like nothing but we had a terry in us we had a weight in us we didn't have no microwave in us we had a weight on it we had a weight on the lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart i believe that maybe the reason so many people got mental issues is because you won't wait on them everything's got to be diagnosed now everything is appealed now but it used to be jesus 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 and jesus only I'm not saying that psychiatrists and doctors don't know what they're doing. But I'm saying some things, if you stay in his presence long enough, some things will come off of you. You'll look and you'll wind up out of your wheelchair. You'll look up and you'll wind up off your crutches. And somebody will say, the doctor says it's going to be six weeks recovery time. And you go to a Friday night service and that six weeks turns into 60 seconds. And all of a sudden you threw down your, you threw down your crush and you go back to that doctor and he says, I don't know what happened. And you say, I know. I went to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right and something Something got a hold of me. It's sorry, it's hard for me to talk about old time church and not want to go back to the things that are real. Somebody say, give me something real. I want this shake and bake religion. Give me something real. Something that makes me snatch off my wig and forget I even put it on. See, some of y'all laugh at that, but we used to have people that would shout until it came off. They'd be bucking and shouting, and the wig would come off, but they walked out of there with a wig in their hand and deliverance in their life. Get back to the text. I miss a church that wasn't caught up in the stream. But they wanted something. Came here hungry. Matter of fact, they were like, don't, don't gossip. I don't have time. I don't care about it. What I know is I got something 
that if God don't do it, it won't be done. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to tell. I miss the days we didn't even have a phone. And Instagram wasn't competing with the message. I'm sorry. Some of y'all are so offended. I'm so sorry. Come out of that. Somebody holler out again. Give me something real. I'm going to come back. I'm sorry. If I wasn't delivered, I wouldn't be talking about it. But because I've been delivered, I know the power of God. All right. So evening came. Let me get out of that. Evening came. All right. Evening came. When evening came, they said to Jesus, send the people away. Because the people are disturbance. They're hungry. They need to go somewhere. It's interesting how the leader responds and how leaders respond. The leader responded with compassion. The leaders responded in complaint. Do you know you can be around somebody and still not have their spirit? Some people are not married to the mission. They're married to theirs. Oh, it's real tight in the church. I want you to tighten up your mask so I can't see your face. Jesus responded in compassion, but the leaders responded in irritation. Jesus loved the people. The disciples were the people were in their way. You can't serve people and be irritated with them at the same time. I always find where leaders' heart is by the things they talk about. I can't get them to do this. I can't get them to do that. I'm like, well, if you have a heart for leadership, if you have a heart for people, where love flows, people go. I can't beat you into shape. I love you through it. Someone say, love me through it. That's leadership 0900. Let me get out of that. Jesus did not look at the people and say their irritation. Jesus said they have needs and we have what they need. So they said, send these people away. And they said, they said, why did they say that? They said, because if you look at what we have, this is it. He said, what? He says, all we have is two fish and five loaves. Somebody say, this is it. Has God ever asked you for something and you look at what he's asking for and you say, this is it. I see the people. I see the dream. I see the vision. I see what you told me. But this is it. You want to do that with this? You want to do something great? And something like this, this is it. Somebody say it again. This is it. Jesus, they looked at it and they said, this is it. Meaning, this is our limitation. It's all we got. It's two fish and five loaves. Anybody got a limitation in the room? Well, the truth is, it's not that I don't want to do what God called me to do. But my limitations are in my way. 
All I see is what I don't have. Have you ever gone to church, felt empowered until you got back home and was, and, and was reminded of your limitations? Have you ever? Maybe some of y'all haven't because I know this is a new group. Have you ever shouted like it was going to happen tomorrow? And then tomorrow came and your limitations showed up and not your miracle. Come on, tell the truth up in here. Well, I've been walking, I've been shouting. I mean, I shouted on it. I mean, I sweated on it. Guillaume, you know I did. I mean, I sweated until I almost thought I had three abs because I shouted so hard. Well, I was like, God, I, I, whew, I'm, I'm, I, I shouted everything. All my calories burned off all the fat. That's how hard I shouted. Woke up Monday morning saying, oh, what's going to happen? Looked at my account, negative. Come on. Looked at it, and because I saw limits, I allowed it to speak to me. <laughs> because of what I saw, I allowed what I saw to speak to me. Instead of bringing the word I got on Sunday until my Monday, I allowed my Monday to dictate what I heard on Sunday. I forgot the word on Sunday because I was reminded of my thorn on Monday. I was reminded of my issue. I was reminded of my struggle and how quickly I forgot about the move of God because the limitation spoke to me instead of me speaking to it. And I said to God, this is it. God said to them, oh, that's all you got? It's two fish and five loaves. What did he say? Give it to me. He said, I'm going to use your limitation for leverage. <laughs> leverage is a word where you take something that has capital and you use it so that you believe that there's going to be an investment on it. That means that something's going to grow on that. And God is saying to some of you, all I need is your limitation for me to use it as leverage. But if you don't give me your limitation, I can't use it to put interest on it. I can't do anything with it. I'm going to take it and leverage it. Going to do something with it. Someone say leverage. Say it again. Somebody say leverage. That means God wants your limitation so he can add some, some. I always want to say he wants to add some stink to it. He wants to add something to it. Someone say add something to it. Add something to it. Yeah, sorry. Add some limitation. He wants to add leverage to it. Jesus, in contrast, will take the very thing you believe to be a limitation and he will use it. Use it to your advantage. So then it goes on. After that, he said, take, give me a limitation. God, I'm almost finished. Give me a limitation. He said, I'm going to do leverage. I'm going to add leverage. I'm going to add something to it. Add something to that. Oh, there's so many scriptures I want to say. We don't have time. He said, I'm going to add to that. The blessings of the Lord maketh one rich. He adds no sorrow. He'll give you leverage. Weeping may endure for a night. Limitation. Leverage is joy comes in the morning. <laughs> oh, he will give you leverage. Someone say, give me leverage. He'll, he'll, he'll do something with my limitation. He, he will do, he will defy the odds. So he goes on. Jesus says, let me do, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with it. He says, he directed the people. Scripture says, he directed the people to sit down. Uh, sit down. Uh, when I think of the sit down, it means recline. 
When I think of recline, it means rest. So he was telling the people, sit down, get in a posture so that you can receive. Mind you, he didn't tell the disciples to sit down. He's leaving them thinking about their limitation. After he said, give it to me, he then turns to the dream, turns to the mission, turns to the assignment, and says, have that sit down. Sit down. And then it says that he lifted up the fish, lifted up the bread. It says that he gave thanks to God. He said, Lord, thank you for this. And it says he broke the bread, and then he gave it to the disciples. And when he gave it to the disciples, I don't have a long time to talk about it. When he gave it to the disciples, he said, now you go give to the people. He took what they had at they thought was limitation. Use it. Now, where did the leverage come in? It only become leverage when it goes back to God. I don't want you to miss that. Jesus took what they had, lifted it up to God, and said, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you that this is all they have, but they gave it anyway. Thank you. Thank you that this is all they have, but they gave it. He broke it, which I'm going to pick that up later on. He broke it, and he's, then he gave it to the disciples, and he said, here, go give to the people. Go minister to the people. You have to make sure that you, if you're going to say this is it, he says, this is your limitation. That's what you think. But I'm going to use it for leverage. And then this is it because then I'm going to test you in your loyalty. Hold on. Don't miss this. He said, your loyalty is once I give it back to you, what are you going to do with it? Hold on. When I give what you had better to you than what you gave it, what will you do with it? When I blow on what you're believing for, when I do something, who will you give the credit to? Your loyalty. He says, take this thing, go minister to the people. And they went to go minister to the people. They gave to the people. And it says that they gave to the people on loyalty. That word loyalty takes me the word called stewardship. We don't know that word called stewardship. Stewardship means managing something that is someone else's. Can I ask you a question? How are you managing what God gave you? Because some of us, most of us, let me tell you, 80% of us on Sundays usually come to receive. And we leave only to come back next Sunday to receive again. And then we come back the next Sunday only to receive again. And then we come back the next Sunday only to receive again. Some of you and some of us, I've experienced it too. Some of you have, uh, you have a bloating word where all you are is receiving and never releasing. What that means is if you keep putting on, if you keep on eating calories and keep eating food, then your clothes start to show it. Some of y'all are word overweight. You receive well, but you don't do anything with what you receive. Who 
is quiet in this library sanctified church? I mean, some of you do nothing with the word. You receive it and some of you critique it while you're receiving it. Some people are watching. I don't know if I like this preacher. I don't like you. Are you exercising your faith? Jesus didn't just say, be a good hearer of the word. He says, be a doer of the word. So when Jesus said, you saw the miracle, now what are you going to do with the miracle? He says, I broke it so that I could give it. Some of you are so upset that you are broken. That you don't realize he only broke you so that he could give you. You so sad talking about who broke you and when it happened and it hurt me and it made me sad. And I remember the day. I remember the hour. I remember who they did it. That's why I'm over church now. That's why I don't like organized religion now because it almost broke me. That's why I don't listen to preachers now because they broke me. Slept with my mama and she was one of the good mothers in the church. Maybe she wasn't so good. And she broke me and broke my family. Almost messed up everything. I I gave my money to the church and he went and got a Bentley. Matter of fact, I just don't like it. That's why I don't give to it. I play the lottery and still give it to the church. It broke me and I'm so mad I got broke. I got molested. My mind almost got shifted. I was singing in the choir. He turned me out and I'm so broken and I'm so mad and I don't like it. I watch YouTube. I don't go to church. I'm so broken and you don't realize that on the other side of the brokenness, on the other side of what happened, I'm not excusing what happened. I'm not excusing who did it i'm not excusing i'm not saying the church is perfect i'm not saying i'm perfect because i'm not i'm not saying every preacher is perfect because they're not i'm not saying the church is perfect because it's not but i am saying jesus might have broke you because he wanted something to come from you and had you not been broken you wouldn't be able to identify with broken people because everybody make an announcement saying i'm over the church there are 10 other people who are over it too, but they will never give God another chance as long as you keep talking about how broke it made you. On the other side of brokenness is an offering. I know it hurt. Uh-huh. I know. I can tell y'all things that hurt me. And if we pass a microphone around, we can have hurt stories. Everybody be crying. Like, ooh, girl, I thought my stuff was something. Yours is worse. There's no healing in the brokenness. But after you have suffered a while, after you have been broken, there is a pouring that will happen. After you have been broken, you can't have the anointing without the crushing. You can not have the flowing without the crushing. That's why David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. I would have never known what I knew had I not gone through it. Someone just lift your hands right now and say, God, I'm glad I've gone through it. I, I'm glad. I. And sometimes you have to say that until it's the truth. Did you hear that? Say it again. Sometimes you have to keep saying it until it's the truth. 
Sometimes you say it and you don't believe it. But one day you will look back and you will say, had I not been broken, I wouldn't know God like this. Had I not lost my mother, had I not lost my father, had I not lost my job, had I not gone through sickness, I would have never known who God could be. He gave it. See, I'm going to test your stewardship to see how faithful you'll be over serving. Serve the people. Serve them. This is it went on. I'm through here. I only got a few minutes, I think. He says, after that, they served. And it says, and they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. Caesar, I was reading this. Historians say that the Greek word for baskets was coffin. When you look at a coffin, you look at it for death and to go look inside to look to see how, oh, they look good. The makeup was on. You look, we look in a coffin. But he says, no, I'm going to turn what tried to kill you into what's going to bless you. He says, serve the people that had 12 coffins full, which is to say the very thing designed to destroy you is the very thing that causes you now to serve from. You now, the coffin is usually for memorials and for death. But now instead of that being my death, it's now my testimony. The thing that was supposed to overwhelm me birthed my story and birthed my ministry and birthed my testimony. It's not a coffin for viewing. It's a coffin because I keep, it reminds me of what could have happened. <laughs> Leverage, loyalty, lastly, lordship. Is he your savior or is he your Lord? What's the difference? When you're drowning, you need someone to save you. But when you're trying to live, you need a Lord, a ruler, someone who can give you instruction, someone who can show you. Sadly, many of us stop at Savior and we never go to Lord. We have many Christians, but few disciples. We have many in the crowd, but few that will follow. Jesus said, I'm not interested in you just sitting around and shouting. I want to know, can I be your Lord? Can you look at someone and say, can he be your Lord? Many, can he rule you? Can, can he lead you? Can he guide you? Can he correct you? Can he, can he lift you? Can he teach you? The question is, can you be taught? I mean, that's a real question. Can you be taught? Or are you always the teacher? You see how quiet it is? It's a real pregnant thought. Because Jesus said to them, he said, I'm Lord of your limitation. That's why I asked for it. I will never ask you for something that I can't use. I will never ask you for anything that I don't have a plan for. I'm Lord over it. I'm Lord over it. He says, and it says, and they gave, and it says the people, it says that those people gave, and it says, and when they gave, it says that they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. 
Everyone was fed and satisfied. Hear this. Everyone was fed and satisfied on broken pieces. Some of y'all keep waiting to get healed before he can use you. Some of you keep trying to get well before he can use you. He fed every need on broken pieces. I'm through, Marion. What if God wants your brokenness and he wants to use it to bless somebody else? Everyone was fed, not only fed, they were fed and satisfied on broken pieces. I wish I could, I, I wish I could minister to that the way I know God wants you to have it. Every broken piece you have, God's going to use it. He's going to use all of it. But he wants you to release it. Goes on in 2 Corinthians, I believe in 2 Corinthians, the, the, uh, the ninth chapter and verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower will provide bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed, will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What that means is, if God is wanting something from you, if God is calling something from you, the same person who, 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 who calls you, will provide you the seed to sow. He will provide the food you need. He will provide everything for the harvest that is for your life. And I want to tell some of you right now, what you need is in your seed. Everything you need is in your seed. What is my seed? Your limitation? Your brokenness? The stuff you feel like I, I can't do. If, if I could, and, and I don't fault the disciples. Let's not fault them. Because all of us want to give our limitations to God. All of us want to say, God, I would, but I, I should, but I, I'm not sure because I, and God says, I want that. This is it. They said, hear me, I'm through. The disciples said, this is it. Jesus said, this is it. You missed it. They said, this is it. Jesus said, yeah, this is it. They said, all we have is this. And he said, all I want is that. You keep saying, I don't know much scripture. God says, I know you don't know much, but I still want you. Some of you are saying, my wife was talking to someone the other day and said they'd never been to church for 18 years of their life. And they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get plugged in. They don't know anything. And they're like, I just feel, I feel overwhelmed. And God says, and I want your unchurched self. I would rather you not be churched. Because they might have messed you up for the first 18 years of your life. So I'm glad. I'm glad you don't know them, but you know me. I'm glad that you didn't meet them before you met me. You say, this is all. He said, that's all I want. That's all I want. 
You say, I, I want to tithe. I want to give. I want to serve. But I don't have a lot. God said, I want to use what you, that, that's all I need. <laughs> Jesus said, prove me. Prove me now. Henceforth saith the Lord, will I not open up the windows of heaven? Will I not pour you out a blessing that you won't have even room enough to receive? He said, just trust me. Someone say, trust me. Say, trust me. Say it again. Say, trust me. Now, turn that and say, God, I trust you. If that message ministered to anybody, I, I mean, that's all I got. This, <laughs> I say from a message, this is it. If you don't like that food, go cook your own. Because as far as that, it's all, I, it's all he gave me to cook. It's only, only ingredients that he gave me. But God wants you all this. This is it. Some of y'all, I asked last week, the Lord spoke to me last week. And, and I, I've been praying over some of y'all this whole week. Lord led me last week to say, if those of you who you know you're not serving, you know where you're not where God wants you to be. You know you're not in the spot you need to be. I want you to stand so I can pray for you. And almost half this church stood. I prayed all week for those people who stood. And I said, Lord, let it be more than a stand. Let it be more than an acknowledgement. Because acknowledgement is one thing. <laughs> Hear me, Dr. Emmanuel. We're not praying for acknowledgement. Jesus said, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. Y'all remember I preached that? He said, but I prayed for you. That, hold on. When you are converted... That converted means changed. Strengthen your brothers. I'm sad that some of us are not preaching for conversion anymore. We're not even asking for conversion anymore. We're asking for packed buildings. We're asking for live streaming and for followers. We don't need the followers. We need conversion. We need change. God doesn't want your fish just because he wants to feed people. He wants to feed you first. If that message impacted you and ministered to you in any way, if there's somebody who's here and you say, hey, that is me. I've been on a this is it. I've been on a this is it kick for a minute. Well, I'm like, Lord, this is it. What are you going to do with this? You want this? All I got is this. I, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the finances. I got the dream. I'm good on that. But I'm short on resources. If there's anybody in the room that that message hits you, I want you to stand all over the room. Everybody in the room, just stand. If it hits you, if it hits you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If it hits you and you say, that's me, I'm, this is it. That's all I got. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Fill my cup, Lord. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. I lift it up, Lord. Come and feel this thirsting in my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you. 
is my desire just to be close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you it's my desire everybody's hand lifted father i pray they are saying they're standing is meaning this is it it's all i got you want this this is all i got father i pray that they'll have the courage to say lord i'm giving you all i have it's all i got but i'm giving it to you it doesn't belong to me it's <laughs> yours you can do more with it in your hands than i can do with it in mine father this is it somebody in the room just holler out this is it this is all i got but father if you want it you can have it come on say it again father if you want it you can have it here's my hand lord here's my feet here's my heart lord speak to me lord if you want to use this <laughs> here i am father this week uh, Sheba, this week i pray for every single person who's standing Jesus would I pray over them that they would be like the man who was beside the pool of Bethesda and when Jesus asked them will they be made whole that they won't just say well there's nobody around I can't and I won't I don't know how it's possible but they will say Lord this is it I'm ready I'm ready to step out I'm ready to be obedient I'm ready to do what you want me to do this is it and father with my it do something with my it do something great father bless everyone bless every man bless every woman touch their heart touch their life touch their mind touch their soul touch their house touch their family touch their situation touch their job touch their mental capacity touch their soul let them prosper in every area of their life this is it god this is it <laughs> matter of fact this is that that the prophet joel spoke of <laughs> this is that that in the last days you will pour out your spirit on all flesh someone open your mouth say i am that flesh somebody open your mouth say it again i am that flesh now say pour on me <laughs> in jesus name amen everybody i want to take this time to thank you for your prayers support and generous giving that make this ministry possible for more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.